To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service, without all the drama. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is... Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Corey, I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Monday, June 8th. I believe the two week absence for the Cubs related podcast is the longest in the show's history. Is that correct, Brendan? It is correct, Corey, yes. So, obviously, I think uh, given the nature of the baseball negotiations and uh, everything else going on in the world, I think that you all will excuse the absence. Uh, I don't think I need to get into exactly why it's been this long, Uh, but I think you can look around and figure that out. And we have some updates, I guess. The, The conversations about the negotiations have basically been the same to a degree since we started having them, what feels like months ago, I I guess. At (laughs) this point, I don't even remember when that first plan was proposed, like by Jeff Passan. But um, so 
we will discuss that. There, there have been some exchanges of offers, uh, but part of the reason, at least, that we didn't jump on um, for baseball reasons was because it's it's difficult to really talk about this stuff because it changes by the day. You get new reactions and new discussions from players, members of the Players Association, and the owners themselves. And they they haven't really gotten anywhere. Most of these proposals uh, have seemingly gone, we suggest this, that stinks. We suggest, how about this, that also stinks. And then we end up, you know, sort of in that same place, which is where we find ourselves today on this Monday. But we will talk about where we are and, and whether or not we kind of think that there's going to be a baseball season as uh, we are now, you know, and still in the early stages of June, but we're, we're kind of, run, to use a, a Theo Epstein phrase, we're kind of running out of runway here for getting this all going and, and getting it done in a timely manner. Uh, but if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, um, I think you will not be surprised that we will start with what is going on in the country at the moment. I do not want our absence last week, uh, which, like I said, was due to a myriad of factors, to be construed as silence on the matter. What it was, more than anything, was taking a beat to observe and to listen and to make sure that whatever we were going to say was going to be right and not rushed and not forced or anything like that. So, I would like to start uh, in the spirit of this podcast being related to the Cubs uh, by reading a a statement, I guess, if you will. Um, it was a post on Instagram, but I guess it counts as much as a statement as anything can. From 2016 World Series champion, uh, your leadoff hitter in 2015 and 2016, one Dexter Fowler, who posted this the other day in response to everything that was going on uh, in the country and namely in the wake of George Floyd's murder. He said this, I will remember your silence for the rest of my life. Businesses, friends, neighbors, teammates, current and former. Silence is not okay. Now is a good time to go out of your way to tell the world you stand by black lives. You don't get to love me and not love all black lives. And among many, many things that I have read and that have stood out to me and that have impacted me, that one did uh, somewhat near the top because this was someone who I loved watching play, who I loved cheering on, and who was one of the faces, you could certainly argue, of the team that finally won the World Series for the Chicago Cubs in Dexter Fowler. And I think his sentiment is very simple, and that is that at this time, It shouldn't be asking a lot to simply express the notion that you support the Black Lives Matter movement and that you support the marches and protests going on in this country to demonstrate and and fight against racial injustice in this country. And as I said at the outset of this, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, if you know Brendan or I in person, uh, follow us on Twitter or have listened to this podcast, uh, we don't shy away from speaking about these things. We don't often spend 
hours and hours harping on them. Uh, but I think in in a number of issues, as they have related to baseball, the Cubs, and, and anything else, you shouldn't question where we stand on things. Uh, I think about you know Addison Russell and Aroldis Chapman and their respective domestic violence situations. Daniel Murphy, when he was acquired by the Cubs, and his comments about the LGBTQ community, Joe Ricketts and the vile emails that came out uh, and the stuff that he had said, we've spoken our piece about those things and we are going to do it here. And it's very simple, as I said. Uh, Brendan and I support the protests and marches going on. Uh, We've been a part of them. We've donated. We've read. We're doing what we can, or at least, you know, what, what we feel we can, Uh, to support this movement and, as Dexter said, to support uh, the African-American community and making our voice heard that racism and racial injustice is not something to be silent for and not something to stand for. I don't really want to offer my own opinion much more than that uh, because one thing that I have tried to learn and take in and and something that I've seen repeated a lot is um, to not be silent, but also not to make this about me, not to tell you about my experience or my emotion with anything because I'm a 29-year-old white man, and to listen. And that is what I have been doing. If you'd like to know what I've where I've donated to, what I've read, what I've been talking about with friends of mine and things like that, you can reach out to me and I'm happy to share them with you. I've shared some on my Twitter already, um, but I think it's important. It should be very easy to stand with the notion that racism is real, racism is bad, and that we support uh, our brothers and sisters in the African-American community. I don't think that that should be a hard statement to get behind, and I genuinely do not care if you have a problem with me saying that on my podcast. Um, Because as Dexter said, uh, being silent and, and not even being able to do the bare minimum of voicing support for this movement is unacceptable at this time. Um, and if you would like to hear some more baseball-centric voices, if, if that is maybe the easiest way for you to understand these issues, uh, I would direct you to Doug Glanville's Twitter feed. He's been sharing a piece that he did with ESPN's Outside the Lines uh, that is very well done and, and, and very well stated and, and poignant. Uh, Dexter Fowler has been very outspoken on this. Jason Hayward did an interview, I believe, on ESPN 1000. He was also involved in an event that Jason Kipnis also attended that the Cubs posted about. Uh, and there was a roundtable on The Athletic with Ken Rosenthal moderating uh, of a number of black baseball players and, and members of the baseball community. Tory Hunter, in particular, uh, very outspoken about this. Uh, I know he noted in that call that he, in every contract he ever had, uh, had a no-trade clause with the Boston Red Sox because of the way that he had been treated there. Um, so if it's easier for you to look at it in a baseball terms, um, then there are plenty of ways to do that. Uh, but what I would suggest and, and where I'll end is that you should be willing to at least speak up on these things uh, in addition to whatever else you're doing to support the movement. And I would seek out black voices, uh, leaders in the community, friends, members of your own community, thought leaders, politicians, whomever, and listen 
to what they have to say. Listen to how they've been affected and listen to what they think you can do and what we all can do as a society to support the movement um, that to fight racial injustice in this country and to support the African-American community. So uh, that is my piece on that. Um, Theo Epstein spoke about this today. Tom Ricketts and Crane Kenny uh, said that they are forming a diversity commun- committee for the Cubs. The Cubs released a statement. Um, and I think, you know, with all of this as it relates to the Cubs, I think it's all about action. Right, Brendan? I, I think that these, yeah. the, the, the Cubs' statement was fine, uh, but statements alone don't really do anything. And I think uh, you would have a number of people in the Cubs community that when Tom Ricketts says he's putting together a committee about this, uh, that falls flat to a lot of people, just given uh, you know the, the, the particular leanings of most of his family, some of the stuff, like I said, that we've seen from his father. Uh, so it's all about action. And you know we can't really hold them to that right now because they just announced this stuff. Uh, but hopefully this is just the first step in a, a, a long number of things. But you know, again, like aside from this just being a human issue, a societal issue, to just simply be able to say that black lives matter and that racism and, and systemic racism is real, um, this should be easily relatable to anybody listening to this podcast, anybody clamoring for baseball to come back. Uh, baseball is one of the most diverse sports in the world, right? When If the Cubs come back and play, the 30 guys on that field are going to represent all sorts of different communities, all sorts of different countries, original languages that they speak, uh, colors of skin. You, you can't just turn this off, all right? And and that's why we're, we're, we're never afraid to at least just speak our piece on these. Um, but again, it, it, it's not about my opinion, my thoughts, my experiences with this stuff. It's, it's about that of the African-American community. So I yeah. would uh, direct you all to that. And, and that is kind of where things stand in the world. The protests are ongoing. Um, you know, so this is in the world around you. And uh, like I said, if, if you find any of this uh, even the least bit offensive, uh, I think perhaps these conversations are for you to be hearing uh, would be my last sentiment on that. Our homes today are like little cities full of different internetting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call one 800 to learn more. Restrictions apply. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. I echo what Theo Epstein said today. I just want to repeat this quote. He said, as a white person who's had a lot of advantages and a lot of privilege, I can't begin to walk in the shoes of a black person in this country or a black player in Major League Baseball. I think I can also look inward too. I think that's another step that we all have to take in our society as well in this game is being able to look hard at ourselves. And I think that's kind of been the sentiment for many, including myself over the last two weeks is 
looking inward, self-appraisal, listening, reading, if we're going to relate this to baseball, it is defined, as you said, Corey, by its immense diversity, right? Like, look at all the different personalities that we've had the pleasure of enjoying over the last few years, from Hugh Darvish to Dexter Fowler to Javi Baez, Pedro Strope, the list goes on and on and on. And without that type of acceptance and understanding and those individuals getting opportunities, we would have been deprived of talking about many of the different events that we hold close to our hearts. So I I echo Theo. And, you know, there's so much content out there. There's so much information. There's so much data. There's so many ways to look at this issue. And what I hope is that we creatively, from every industry, from baseball, academia, small business, creatively and aggressively pursue solutions to this. You want baseball to be better. I want my community to to be better. And I think if we have honest discussions and insight into this, then we're going to have something that's worthwhile and long-lasting and beneficial to everyone. So that that's that's kind of my hope. And I think really if you want to get uh, some insight into what the Cubs and Theo Epstein, some of the players are thinking, go go and read some of these posts. Go read Jordan Bashan of MLB.com. Go read some of the athletic posts, all these quotes, and you'll understand and learn some things and maybe understand some of the perspectives that you're just not you know privy to it's been, it's been a learning process Corey. yeah I, I think that that's uh one of the things that we can do uh is be willing to learn and and be willing to grow and and figure out new ways to help the cause i, I mean i think that that's that's what we can do uh you know in in at least kind of doing the bare minimum right be willing to listen be willing to put in the work and I think that's that's, that's what we can do. So yeah. uh, it's it's always sort of weird to transition out of uh, topics like that. But like I said, we don't shy away from making our opinions clear. Uh, that's that's just something that we're going to do on here. You sh- you should never question where Brendan and I stand on issues like that. So, uh, but I, I do want to get into what has been going on with baseball as we have not spoken to you guys for two weeks now, uh, and not a lot has happened. Uh, one thing that I do want to note. Uh, is that we did see some video from his trainer, his personal trainer, that it appears because there there may end up being a second spring training, uh, we have a very late entry. I don't know if this counts, Brendan. I, I'm not sure the rules on the best shape of their life performance type stuff. Uh, yeah. But a, a a late entry, if if you can still make an entry, is Anthony Rizzo. If you go to Performance Edge Strength on Instagram, that is, uh, I believe, Anthony's personal trainer. He's he's posted some stuff before with with him and Napoli working out. Um, but one of their posts from a couple days ago uh, shows Anthony. Uh, looking like I can't recall seeing him. Uh, he is in extremely good shape, looking very svelte. Uh, and 
just looking very good uh, yeah. for lack of a, a better term. But if there if there were a renewed contest for who is in the best shape of their life, I, I don't know that this is a contest. He looks great. You know, I will say though, one underrated candidate, Nico Horner. Corey, he did not. He did well, not get that much attention. Seen exactly how he's looking in a while. Yeah, but I mean, at least in March, he was going into spring training. It looked like he gained like 15 pounds on his biceps, Corey. So I, I don't know. I, I think Rizzo is a welcome candidate, but we'll see how he compares to Nico. Nico was a sleeper, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't know why you had to bring the mood down on Rizzo. We were just here to pump I'm up not, Rizzo. But... I'm not. I'm not. I'm bringing the mood up on Nico Horner. But yeah, I mean, look, Rizzo looks great. Uh, there were some videos, some like slow-mo videos of him doing some agility drills. Him and Mike Napoli have been working out. Napoli, too, Corey, lost like 25 pounds as well. So. Well, he's not playing, so who cares? Yeah, I know. But whatever they've been doing, they've been training together. I don't, together, care, what so one of the, I don't of, care what one of the coaches looks like. That's You that's never know. Maybe fantastic. Mike Napoli might strap it on, too, and play for a space. I you, guess. You never know. You I, never know. If it did come to that, the Cubs are, are building a coaching staff that does seem pretty <laughs> ready to go uh, if they needed to get involved. David Ross yeah, let's is see how obviously Will in good looks shape, too. so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of funny. So that's that's something. I mean, you know, again, like we don't know if there's even going to be baseball this season. So I, uh, you know, hopefully, if this is how Rizzo would like his body to be, he's able to keep it there for uh, potentially, you know, another several months. Unfortunately, uh, but you know, it's just it's just interesting when when somebody like him that's at the point he is in his career and has that kind of that uh, mark of consistency that he does changes something at least phys- from appearance perspective so drastically um i i saw uh i think on twitter a friend of the podcast jeff everson make a joke that uh you know maybe he'll be a, a base stealing threat now with his you know renewed figure and and emphasis on speed a whole different dimension to his game that you know uh, maybe people weren't considering they can yeah, keep doing that Ross. shift keep doing that shift on it now when he lays down those bunts you know you're not going to throw counts. him out he's busting it down yeah. the line no i mean maybe his speed will force david ross to actually put him back in a leadoff spot over kb you never know yeah we didn't get a uh from from his personal trainer's instagram we didn't get a you know a 40 time or anything like that so can't really judge if this has affected his speed or not, but we'll see. Uh, so that is at least somewhat noteworthy, and and I think uh, we certainly can't speak for all of the players, but at least I think a, a decent indication of what it looks like for these guys to keep themselves in shape or get in better shape or, you know, just sort of be ready to, if you will, strap it on uh, when this all happens. So I admittedly uh, am not the most well-versed in these new proposals. But on Monday, again, sort of the danger, uh, and like I said, part of the reason that it's been so long since we recorded, is it's it's difficult to know exactly how to talk about these proposals. Um, they come out, they get rejected, they we get like a public reaction, and then sometimes very quickly things are like within two redone days yeah right. and and it's the, the the risk is we're we're talking about this at about 7:50 in Chicago on Monday night Monday the 8th and even by later tonight we could get like a full blown statement from the players association saying no or this stinks we could get more reactions from players it, it's it's just sort of hard to be current with this unless you're doing this like literally every day and even every day you'd probably be rendered out of date pretty quickly um but i am going to throw it to i've done a lot of talking 
so far in this episode, which I know a lot of you, but really most of you probably prefer. But no, I'm going to well, the people are saying they prefer me. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah, that. But a lot of people are, are saying that in, in the Cubs related uh, podcast community. Not true. But I'm going to throw it to you and let you uh, kind of break down the proposal that we heard on Monday. And uh, once you read the proposal, I think you'll be able to surmise what the player's reaction was. Uh, but Brendan, why don't you lay it on us? Where are we on the on the the? And and you and I were discussing this. What is this? The fiftieth proposal we've heard already i mean Who it feels knows? like ages like ago losing we were, track yeah, yeah it feels like ages ago we were talking about whether or not they were going to be playing in arizona or something like that so all right so let's just like catch up over the last two weeks so the first proposal in this time span was from the owners and they wanted to play an 82 game season with about you know in total the salary coming down to about a third of what the players would have made over the course of a regular season. The players countered. They're like, no way. Don't want that. Want to make more money. So this is what we'll do. We'll play not 82 games, but we'll play 114 games. They wanted prorated play pay for the entire season. And they wanted to increase the amount of playoff teams for two years. And they wanted to extend their regular season through October, with the playoffs starting around the end of October, early November. That's what they wanted. They thought, with the owners, okay, if you don't want to pay us that much, we'll play more games. We'll play more games. We'll make more money. We'll have more playoff teams. We'll get this engine going. We'll get the money machine going. The owners then did not want that. They said, forget it. They don't want to assume the risk of a longer season, with the season potentially being shut down again. So they offered, okay, we'll play 50 games this time. And again, the money comes out to be around the same 35-ish percent of what the players originally signed their contracts for. Players, of course, did not like it. So here we are today with all this fighting. And the most recent proposal is not 50 games by by the owners. It's 76 games with 75% prorated salary. So it's a little bit of an uptick. The owners are also saying you'll get playoff pool money. There will be no draft pick compensation for those future free agents. So for example, Mookie Betts, those free agents would not have the qualifying offer attached to them. So they, in theory, could sign for bigger contracts because teams would not have to give up their competitive first-round pick. Okay? players do not like that. Again, they're not making that much more money in this proposal. So if you look at the amount of added revenue per team, it doesn't come out to be that much. Evan Altman of Cups Insider showed that basically this new proposal is only an additional $6 million per team than what the owners offered in their most recent proposal. So, so what we're talking about here is is in the range of five to ten million dollars that I guess on paper is too much for some of the owners. And that's where it's frustrating. And I I I, I totally understand owners' intentions, okay? Doesn't mean as me as a fan that I'm happy with it. So with the owners, they have a company, they have their business they are in it to make money. They should. This is their company. This is their business. They have every right to do so. 
The issue, though, from an integrity of the sport, from a fan's perspective, is I'm going to be watching the Cubs 20 years from now. The owners, more than likely, these same owners will not be owning those teams 20 years from now. So what does that mean? These owners have a shorter perspective, a shorter timeline than you and me, Corey. We will be watching the Cubs 10 years, 20 years from now. But as an example, in 1994 during the strike, you had only nine owners currently owning their same teams in 1994. So you have two-thirds of the league having new owners, Corey. They were not part of that 1994 strike, but that 1994 strike hurt the sport to some degree an unquantifiable level. Yeah, the revenue was coming in hot, but the demographic of the sport rapidly changed. Fan enthusiasm rapidly decreased in the late 90s. Compared the fan viewership today to the NBA, the average age of a Major League Baseball fan is 56 years old. The average age for the NBA is 36, a 20-year difference. In the long run, my concern is this, that the owner stalling, the short-sightedness of the owners, and again, they have their right to do this. I just, from a fan's perspective, I can't be behind that. I'm concerned that this perspective is going to hurt the long-term integrity of the sport. It's going to cause a decrease in fan viewership over time. It's going to limit access to new viewers. They already missed their window during this time stretch, right? So I'm not saying, oh, I'm on team players. I am on team players, but not just for them to get their money, even though I want their money. I'm on that side because I want the next generation of players to have a sport that is suitable for high revenue, that is appealing to the masses, both young and old. That That is what I want. And I think, unfortunately, this is like an idealistic expectation, but there almost needs to be a neutral arbiter here, Corey, where you have some type of group who is looking out just for the long-term health of the sport. This should concern everyone. It should concern you. It should concern players. It should concern writers. It, could, it should concern anyone who is in the media industry. Anyone involved in the sport should be concerned because this is jeopardizing. This 5 to $15 million per team that these owners are fighting about, this is jeopardizing what the next generation of owners will make. And it's jeopardizing what these current players could make. It's jeopardizing their careers, their livelihoods, and it sucks. Yeah, uh, and this is a very nuanced issue. It's it's difficult to discuss in in like certain terms. But uh, I, you know, as I was sort of saying in the beginning, uh, you shouldn't really question where I stand on things. At the very least, I'm a, I'm on the players. You're, there's almost nothing that could make me side with the owners. I I can barely handle another article about Tom Ricketts or something about the the woe is me about how much revenue that I mean spare me seriously like don't own a baseball team then I, I mean I can't believe that people like buy, buy into that I, I really can't um, from a bunch of billionaires but so, see the pers- the perspective there is those people who and I'm sure some listeners also have this perspective as well it's the owner's decision to make what they believe is the best decision for them to make the most money. It's a business. I get that. Oh, I get it too. I don't... I get it. I want to make that clear. Yes, they have a right to be behaving this way. And for some of them, it actually might be in their best financial interest. It is not in the league's best interest, though. 
That is the problem I have. That's why a neutral arbiter maybe would have made sense. But it's unfortunate that we can't look at multiple perspectives and say, okay, the owners want to make money in the short term. But in doing so, you're going to screw the league 10 years from now. That's not being addressed and it's not going to be addressed. And we have already put damage to the sport by not playing right now. You're going to survive when the NFL and NBA comes back in a shortened season when viewership is already decreasing among younger viewers. Come on. This is a disaster. Right. And I, I think, you know, part of it and, and just reading from a lot of the writers and some of the players, you know, part of part of the problems in the way that this has gone is, you know, it, it's it's very clear, right? The owners want to spend basically a certain amount of money. If it's over X amount of games or Y amount of games, it, it doesn't specifically matter to them that much. Uh, it, it's just about how much the money comes out to. And, you know, part of the problem is, is that they had this agreement about the prorated salaries back in March that is now not what is being reflected in these arrangements. And then you look at, you know, someone like Sean Doolittle uh, was tweeting about this today. You know, there, there's still the health concerns. Um, and I, I believe in this new proposal, they want the players to sign a waiver that basically, you know, excuses Major League Baseball if something happens and, you know, all that. And, and the way that uh, Sean sort of phrased that was like, does that let the MLB off the hook if the measures aren't up to snuff and, and something goes wrong? And, you know, again, like we've talked about this whole time, like the players are the ones that are going to have to go out there. They're going to have to figure this out with their families and the other players and the trainers and the employees and stuff like that. It's not really a concern for the owners unless Tom Ricketts is planning on strapping it on and sitting in the dugout, right? Like it, it doesn't really concern him. So I, I think that, you know, again, like pretty blanket statement. Like I just support the players. I, I support them getting paid what they deserve, uh, to do this and I think it's it it's it I can't empathize with people that make millions of dollars but I can empathize with the notion that if my boss asked me to do something and tried to get me to make concessions on what I was getting paid and stuff like that um, I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't let them do that to me so I understand what they're they're fighting for and I understand why they're fighting for it Um, but to your larger point, th- this is obviously not good for the game of baseball. And when you look around and see these other leagues, uh, you know, the NHL, the MLS, the NBA, all making progress to get back going and, and resume things. And, and if they have to be very creative to do it, uh, you know, like the NBA is or whatever, you know, here's baseball, right? And just completely the opposite stance or the the completely opposite situation where you have the players and owners bickering through the media publicly um and no progress right i mean right. how long have we been having i mean we joked about this brendan like when we started this conversation it's but i mean we've been having this conversation for like two months it's insane it's crazy too. it is and in like in the 94 era too just to add like more it's like a negative segment here but just to add more concern to it the time when baseball came back in 94 when you had Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire the whole home run chase that coincided with one of the strongest economic periods for the country and so so baseball came back already struggling in an economy 
that compared to right now, is it, there's no debate. It was stronger. We're going back now, currently, into a sport where you have severe cultural distress, severe economic distress. What is baseball going to look like? How can they rebound in a time where you have these global issues when their previous rebound did not have those same financial, global, pandemic, economic, catastrophic issues going on? You expect baseball to be okay in the next few years? You missed your opportunity, man. And these and the short-sightedness, it's it should be extremely concerning. Well, and I and I do want to say, like, I I am generally dismissive of any support of the owners, um, but I just as a you know a somewhat of a qualification, I totally understand if there are people out there that just don't want to hear about yeah. any of this, right? Like, I know a lot of people have stuff going on in their own life, and you know there there's so much going on in the world right now that I I get if people are like, I don't care about any of this, right? Like if I dug into it, maybe I'd have an opinion or I'd take one side or the other. But just in general, like I just don't want to hear this arguing and this negotiating and all this it's other stuff. Look. Like I got too it's much to worry about. Too. And and that's that's the danger that baseball is right. facing, uh, especially if I, I, I'm not – I'm not positive about this, but, you know, the NBA is going to be operating on an altered timeline now, right? Because they're hoping to resume (laughs) uh, in the near future. And then they're going to, you know, kind of have to piggyback another season, I believe, towards the end of the year instead of starting the next season. You know, normally I think uh, basketball and hockey start, you know, sort of a a week or two apart in October-ish, right? Like now you're going to have them operating on a different timeline. You may have in the future the NBA competing with you more in those summer months, whereas we're used to basically when uh, the NBA finals is over until football kicks off in September, baseball's kind of on its own, right? Um, Unless you're a big MLS fan like my dad, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how many of those there are listening (laughs) to this. Uh, But, you know, like, that's sort of the danger is is you're going to have these other sports figuring out ways to do this and you know again like the the challenges that those sports face are not the same but there 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 may just be a lot of people that just don't care they 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 either are going to watch baseball if it's on or they're going to find something else to do if it's not and you know like it's it's just hard to feel good about the state of the game um you know especially before all of this and your feelings are shared by others too Corey. like you're not the only one with this bad taste in your mouth about baseball well and you and you had before this the the discussions from manfred and then the owners and some of to you know get rid of the minor leagues they canceled the minor league season the the mlb wants to take control of you know the minor leagues and stuff like that like just it, it's difficult to look at like the landscape of the game of baseball and, and feel super confident in where it's going. Um, you know, and again, that's that's only compounded by the fact that, you know, we sit here basically having these conversations without baseball every <laughs> other day about, OK, this side submitted an offer. This side hates it. This side's complaining in public. Now this side submits an offer. This side hates it. They're complaining in public. It It's just, you know, and, and again, like 
for especially for the players i understand that you know they need voicing their support publicly and and you know trying to speak directly to the fans helps them understand the situation more but regardless of whether or not you know i agree with that it it's still the optics of it for a lot of people for better or worse they're just not going to care. Yeah. They just don't want to hear it right now. They they have enough going on in their own life and what's going on in the world that they just don't care about the the baseball, you know, collective bargaining agreement discussions and 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 all of this stuff. They they just don't want to hear it. And you know, now like you're now at the point based on the timeline that we got, which I, you know, which has pretty consistently been about a week to sort of get everything in place once they strike a deal three weeks of spring training and then time to go you know now you're already looking at okay so fourth of july is out right because that's beyond the four weeks now and you still don't even have a deal right so you know you know again like not only is it worrisome for what even ends up happening brendan but you also have managed to miss the opportunity to be the league that comes back there's nothing on tv (laughs) right now there's nothing for people to watch there there may not be a better time for people to get into the game of baseball that previously were not than right now and you've so not only are you missing like those milestones like we saw those tweets i think that it was the you know first memorial day without uh baseball in you know, some wild amount of years, but you know, now you're not going to be playing on the 4th of July with so, which so many people associate with the game of baseball. And you just missed out on this, this opportunity to be the thing that people say, like, you know what, I haven't watched the, the Cubs in a while, or I haven't watched baseball in a while, but you know, there's, you know, I, I, I can't stay up late enough to watch the, the KBO games, right? And I don't feel like watching Cornhole on ESPN or ESPN2 for the 500th <laughs> time. That is a real thing, by the way. Um, it does get kind of exciting, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but you've you've missed that opportunity. So so not only is is there the, the sort of worry about the future and, like, is this going to happen at all? Like, are they just, like, going to just ruin the sport? Like, you know, are that doom and gloom stuff? But there's there's also that, that opportunity cost of all of this, which is th- this was a, a chance for them to really capitalize – capitalize on a bad situation I, I i don't want that to sound insensitive to the pandemic and and you know what we've all been staying home for but uh th- this was an opportunity for a league that is not so great at marketing itself uh to capitalize yeah. on on that you know for themselves i mean what better way to introduce and try to get more people to understand who Mike Trout is and how good he is and where he stands in the history of baseball than Mike Trout being the only thing people can watch like live sports on television, right? And, you know, now we're sitting here having this conversation where like, you know, the confidence level still from a lot of people seems to be that this happens it's one way late. or another. What it looks like and, and what that response is and, and what it means for the, the future of the game. Like, don't forget that they're going to have to renegotiate the, the collective bargaining agreement again soon. So even if they figure something out, even if, you know, I, I, I believe com- the commissioner, uh, I'm going to call him Rob Manfred. He doesn't even deserve to be called a commissioner. He doesn't like the tr- the piece of metal that his name is on, so I'm not even going to call him that. Rob Manfred. 
you know, like he, they, they can mandate, this is what we're doing. We're doing the shorter season. This is happening. Like, how do you think that bodes for when they have to sit down at the table? And, and there was and already heat there anyway, too, Corey. In the future. Like, yeah. Right, of course. So I was already yeah. concerned going into the next CBA negotiation process. Like, hey, we might be facing a strike. And I was already concerned about that. This is pouring gasoline over a fire. It's it's uh, it's so disheartening. And there's there's one quote that stands out to me. And, and during 94, 95, like we're, of course, not baseball fans at the time. We're too young. But there's people around the sport who were around that time. Oh, speak for yourself. I was uh, a big Cubs yeah, fan at I'm age sure three. I'm sure you were. But around the sport, others have expressed dramatic distaste of that event. And so Dave Stewart said recently, quote, and by the way, Dave Stewart, uh, former GM of the AZ Diamondbacks, former four-time 20-game winner, very well-respected around the game. He said, quote, I never felt the same way about baseball again after that. Even today, after all of my years in baseball, the passion I have for the game has never been the same, all because of that strike, end quote. That is an indictment, Corey. And again, he is saying that currently in modern time when most of those owners in 94 don't own the team anymore. I mean, come on. This this is this is their problem. You have multiple problems at hand, but the, the underlying issue is that no one is looking out for Major League Baseball. The owners are not Major League Baseball. I am a Cubs fan. Tom Ricketts happens to own my team. He may not be own. He may not be owning the team in twenty years from now. This, 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 there's no one looking out for the for the league, and so not only does you miss an opportunity right now, spring training 2.0 should be happening right now. It's not. You're missing an opportunity for that. You're missing an opportunity for Mike Trout to be showcased in the same context as Barry Bonds, as Mickey Mantle. You're missing the opportunity for that. You're going to get completely saturated by the return of the NFL, by the return of the NHL, of the NBA. You're going to fall behind. And the degree to which that affects new viewership, the degree to which that affects Major League Baseball revenue next year, I don't know what the effects are going to be, but I know for a fact that 10 years from now, this will have an effect. It, it just will. We already saw it. History has, is going to repeat itself. We already saw the effect of 94, 95. This will have an effect. It's, it's beyond repair at this point. Unfortunately, now we have to mitigate the damage. The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-885-4884. That's 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884. 
Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's, it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, so that's that's really where it is. And, and I think on uh, this coming Sunday, ESPN is airing that documentary about Sosa and Mark McGuire, uh, Long Gone Summer. And I, I'm not I'm not sure how much they'll delve into it, but you know there there's obviously much written about and and studied about you know how much that affected the kind of renewed interest in Major League Baseball. Like you know, are you going to have that? this time are you you know are you going to have kind something of ironic, crazy right? like that <laughs> happen uh you know and and I'm not like advocating that people go and break the rules but, uh though that doesn't at all sum up my feelings on like steroids and sosa and all that whole thing but I'm just saying like are you you know that was a pretty like once in a a moment thing without an economic collapse in the process by the way (laughs) right and you you just can't guarantee that something happens like that that all of a sudden makes baseball must you know can't miss television like you know like um so it's this is where we're at um you know like I said I, I wish that we had more concrete stuff to discuss but this is pretty much where things land right now uh the owners clearly want as few games as possible for a certain amount of money the players want to play more for uh you know a prorated salary and either they're going to come to some sort of middle ground there or they're not i guess uh in, in a very that that's the kind of analysis you guys tune into this podcast for something's going to happen or maybe it won't yeah. i don't know um that's why brendan and i get paid big the time. big bucks uh <laughs> but it, you know it, it it's just it's it's frustrating to talk about it's frustrated to try to cover you know just in in any kind of analytical sense um you know cuz obviously we're not privy to the full extent of these conversations and you know you kind of just get the bits and pieces and then you get the reactions and the carefully crafted statements and stuff like that so it's it's hard to know exactly what to think, what to feel, and uh, what to expect more than anything. But that is where things are as of Monday night. Like I said, I, I believe the owners put out a deadline that they would like a response on this latest proposal by Wednesday. Uh, so you should hear something soon. Um, and, you know, we can kind of go from there. Uh, when we speak to you guys next, I assume we'll have more to talk about. As always, if you know something happens immediately, we'll jump on and talk about it. But we will also be able to discuss the upcoming MLB draft, which is still taking place, even though it has been altered a bit. So we will have uh, at least some coverage on that because that is pretty much uh, that's going to be peak baseball news, uh, at least for the moment, because that's actual goings on in the game of baseball. I I do want to read this quote from Jordan Bastian, um, you know, from MLB and Cubs.com, who we mention all the time. Uh, And he 
quoted Theo as saying, the Cubs are well positioned to rev things up if and when the 2020 season begins. Quote, the coaching staff and the support staff and our players have done a terrific job of staying ready and staying flexible, staying in communication. So uh, what exactly that means, we don't really know. But I think, you know, looking at Rizzo, I know you, Darvish, uh, was tweeting he, of course, always tweets in Japanese, uh, but Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation sort of asked him, uh, you know, I believe this is you, Darvish, saying he was throwing 93 miles an hour in a bullpen today. You, Darvish, confirmed that that is, uh, in fact, what he was saying. Uh, the the Google Translate on, on Twitter is not, it doesn't seem very reliable, so that's why uh, Brett went and checked on that. And, you know, so I think that th- this stuff is just an indication, you know, we've seen videos of, and, you know, we talked to Mike Bryant about how Chris Bryant is, is staying in shape and the work that he's doing. So I think that these guys are, are ready to do this. Uh, you know, if you've been listening to the compound or watching any of Ian Happ's, you know, miles of content that he's been putting out, uh, you know, you know, he's been working out, he's been staying in shape, playing a lot of tennis. And so I, th- I think these guys are ready, and I, and I, I think that you know the concerns of are these guys going to be in terrible shape, or is is the risk for injury super high? You know, I, th- I think these guys have have done a good job on this, and hearing that from Theo and and some of the other comments about how these guys are kind of staying in touch, you know, it, it sounds like they'll be ready to go. Um, we, you know, as always, like I said, we'll we'll talk about exactly what we think if there is a twenty twenty season. The first thing that we will do is talk about what those terms mean for the Chicago Cubs, right? Because I think the and and I I, I would think that you agree. I don't want to speak for you here though, Brendan. Um, you know the difference between a say a fifty game season and a, an eighty one game season and a hundred game season very different. And I think especially for this team and how they're built you know, this is all very different. And I think some of these scenarios would benefit them. Some of them would not benefit them as much. Uh, but I think that would be kind of the first angle to go at. Like, okay, here's the terms. How does it affect specifically the 2020 Cup? Generally, my sentiment won't change. I'm a little bit uh, focused on how that pitching staff will develop in a shortened season. I'm not as concerned with the offense, but we'll we'll get into it. And I think too, Maybe we'll have some guys come out after this quarantine, like Rizzo, who are in better shape and come away, to my surprise, better off. So it, it will be it will be fun. Like that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I want to see David Ross debut as a manager. I want to see Mike Napoli and the other young coaches interact in this new type of structure. I, I want to see that. It's it's something that we've been missing. We got a little bit of a taste of it during spring training in March, but. Man, we've been talking about David Ross and his new coaching staff, Corey, for literally eight months with with only seeing like what fifteen games of it. So, um, I'm ready. I, I I desperate is an understatement, Corey. You might say that you are ready to strap I, um, it on. Strap it on, Brendan. Don't think we're not bringing that back if and when things come back because it's it's still here. Uh, but that is kind of what we got. That is the the state of things. It's not really that much different than it has been this whole time. Uh, I guess we're not talking about you know loading everybody up in Arizona and Florida, so that's kind of different. But uh, these conversations do not seem to have been particularly productive. Uh, but we are you know kind of more rapidly approaching the point where either they gotta you know 
make a deal one way or another or this you know really clearly is not going to happen so we will uh stay with you through that entire process we will break it down uh ultimately if there is something to discuss uh and like i said you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about anything that went on with the mlb draft coming up uh next week uh thank you guys for uh you know allowing the the couple week absence uh and uh Hopefully that will not happen again, I guess. I don't want to say ever, but, you know, generally. Uh, And as always, thank you guys for listening to the Cubs-related podcast, especially when we have not talked about the Cubs playing baseball in four months now. Uh, We appreciate that. That, That's that's loyalty. Uh, So we will talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Cubs. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with GEICO? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. There's great news during the pandemic. The new Hypermax Oxygen System is here. Doctor-approved, clinically tested, at-home oxygen for improved health, fitness, and especially your immunity. Go to HypermaxOxygen.com. See how 300% more oxygen purity works wonders in only 15 short minutes. You're home anyway, so why not build your immunity and much more? HypermaxOxygen.com. That's HypermaxOxygen.com. Did you know GEICO's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your baby to let you sleep in? What? We could sleep in another half hour? Thanks, sweetheart. And you'll change yourself too? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details.